0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.
1: On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the film Lars and the Real Girl. You don't have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast, as you know, we talk about a whole bunch of other stuff and it's good fun. But if you do proceed without having seen the film, you should just be aware that there are a couple of gentle plot spoilers. Enjoy.
0: Hello hello.
1: Good morning. How are you doing?
0: Yeah, not too bad, thank you. How are you?
1: Yeah, not too bad. It's the day after the royal wedding, so obviously everything just seems dull in comparison. It you is know, it's, it's, just... it's,
0: it's it's royal wedding boxing day.
1: <laughs> yeah, when I need to go and have a boxing match with someone to make myself feel good.
0: <laughs> All we've got is leftover swan to eat. Got to got to <laughs> cook up a swan curry.
1: Swan sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it called Boxing Day? Is it because you box up all the rubbish and put it out by the bins?
0: Um, I think it's to do with um, gifting. It's to do with gifting to like servants and people like that. Um, so it's Boxing Day because you give uh, boxes to people. That's what I was always told as a kid. Anyway,
1: <laughs> empty boxes. You give an empty box to the servants. That sounds. That sounds. <laughs> appropriately royal and hierarchical
0: Uh, no no it's with with gifts in instead of just being like here's our empty christmas gift boxes so so everyone who sort of had to help with christmas for the upper classes on christmas day then is given a gift in return on boxing day
1: oh that's Um, nice is is,
0: it that that i think that's the story behind it anyway
1: that makes that makes sense so yeah, I'm I'm gonna go and I've gotta go and make my box for the servants soon then I didn't I didn't um I didn't do that and I don't want them to think that I've forgotten them. I want them to see me as a benevolent dictator. Exactly.
0: You know, you've got to um you've got to put all of those leftover um sort of Megan and Harry masks and stuff like that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Bits of bits of bunting, some rotten old cake. They're not getting any of the swan though. That's just for Yes, yeah, so that's
0: just for you. You want that oily bitter taste. All for yourself.
1: Yeah. If there's one thing I like it's a bitter bird. <laughs> uh, did Did you watch the royal wedding?
0: I did watch the royal wedding. Yes, um, it was it was fascinating, and it was very different from any of the other royal weddings which we've did had. Did you over the um years.
1: Did you watch it live?
0: Yes, yeah, I did. I did. Um, I was at a a party at my brother's. Oh, you went no, to an we actual a... royal wedding yes, party. Yes. Were you
1: all wearing hats and like Union Jack suits and stuff?
0: I, I was one of those ball bags dressed head to toe in a Union Jack suit, um, singing "God Save the Queen" whilst crying. Um, <laughs> God Save the Cream. Yeah, God Save the Cream <laughs> for the, for the scones. Um, but yeah, it's uh, yeah. I was one of those guys. I I hate those people. By the way, I I, I try not to be too grumpy in general are people i don't know but whenever you see that there's like a royal celebration and you get those people that camp overnight um and and are like dressed head to toe in union jack garb i just think those, those people like they've got to be on a register somewhere haven't they let's be honest
1: <laughs> yeah well there's quite a famous one his name's john something or other and um a few years ago you remember when the fourth plinth at trafalgar square was like given over to pieces of art and they were, like, switching it up every week. I can't remember what it was, but me and friend of the podcast, Adam Molesky, had gone to have a look at it, and it was about midnight. We I, I think we'd been on a night out or something. For some reason, we were in London late at night, and this guy was there, and he just came up to us and started talking endlessly to us about Princess Diana, and, like, he wouldn't leave us alone, but he wasn't, like, bad, you know? It was just, like, he felt like he just wanted to chat, and he was quite pleasant, but he was kind of just going on about princess diana for a long long time so and he's always become a bit of a legend since then we know him as the princess diana man but every time there's anything like any royal shit going on on tv he pops up and he's always there like in front of the cameras and he's like oh it's our mate it's that guy that we met um and he was there at the royal wedding celebrations wearing like a black t-shirt that had a harry and Meghan thing on it and then his like union jack suit and stuff over the top um, so yeah, he's great. But then I heard that apparently he used to go into Waterstones Piccadilly and talk the ears off the booksellers as well. So oh, he gets okay. around.
0: He he, but, he gets around chatting about Diana and, yeah. and and the royals.
1: Yeah, so yeah, it's it's a weird obsession for people, isn't it? You know, people people get obsessed about different things. People get obsessed with different things. I was about to say obsessed by, and that is wrong. It's obsessed with, not obsessed by. If you say obsessed by... You're an idiot. You're the same person who thinks that, it, that it's called Sail Away and not Orinoco Flow. <laughs> but um, yeah, pe- people, it's strange what obsessed, what people get obsessed with, isn't it? Like a, 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 I you know, constantly have myself, have, find myself having to explain to people why I like baseball. But I just find it really fascinating. And for some people, that's the Royals and fair play to them. But at the same time, Union Jack suits, they are ugly as hell. They are one of the worst fashion choices you can make, even on a royal wedding day.
0: Yeah, and and I find that the royal obsession is so extreme as well. So so you like baseball, but when, when the new season starts, um, you're not going around wearing a baseball suit.
1: <laughs> a suit a, made of baseballs.
0: A, a suit made of baseballs, ringing a bell like a town crier, going, It is baseball time, friends!
1: It is time <laughs> for the baseball! <laughs> the bases have balled.
0: And um and, and I I guess part of why I find it so irritating as well is obviously around Windsor there was this big clear up of homeless people being forced yeah. out, um whilst at the same time they were quite happy to to be nice to all of these people who camped overnight for the royal wedding and listening to their stories about oh I nearly froze to death out here tonight and it's just <laughs> yeah, these are right. really bitter taste in my mouth that
1: um. Nobody freezes to death in the UK apart from obviously a lot of homeless people in the winter who are the direct result of us having a strange hierarchical capitalist society that literally forces them out. So yeah, that side of it is really, really horrible actually. And you know, obviously to me, it's a no brainer. No way should we be footing the bill for this as taxpayers. Um, You know, I don't believe in royalty. I think it's a concept that is completely outdated and bollocks and should be gotten rid of. But at the same time... I enjoyed watching the royal wedding and Prince Harry seems like a nice enough guy and I'm glad that he's happy and there was also a black preacher who gave a bunch of anti-capitalist sentiment in his fire and brimstone speech so I was down with that
0: yeah I think I think what it comes down to is because how much did the wedding cost 36 million was it
1: something like that yeah
0: and, and in comparison to, to most six budgets, times the quite...
1: budget of the room
0: <laughs> yes but,
1: but that's in... how i measure anything that's above six million dollars yeah. <laughs> how many times oh, no, that, actually that's room? more because that was dollars wasn't it this is probably 10 yeah or 11 times that
0: i'll give it a few years as brexit continues and it'll be the same yeah um <laughs> but but the, but the way that i see it is like 36 million really is kind of a drop in the ocean in terms of our overall expenditure um yes it could have been spent on other things but in terms of the enjoyment of a national spectacle event I think it's not really that much money and so many people have gained enjoyment out of it um and it is and you know the the royal family is a part of our institution I I don't lots of people have been saying blah 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 this is evil this shouldn't happen and and I don't I think like yes the money could have been spent better but I don't mind it so much in comparison to some of the other ways that this stupid government has frittered away millions and millions and millions of pounds
1: Oh yeah it's it's low 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 down on you know on the list of crimes against economics like giving a tax cut to millionaires and whatever you know it's yeah that's why i can't really get worked up about it
0: yeah and and i've seen lots of people getting worked up about it online it's like oh, i don't
1: care enough
0: about it you know it's yeah the money could have been spent better but at the same time it's made lots of people happy fair yeah. enough and it, and it was a really nice refreshing wedding to watch as well it wasn't stuffy boring old white people
1: no music was good Preaching was good.
0: Yeah, Bishop Curry was great. Uh, dropped <laughs> dropped in a reference to the Industrial Revolution, which I really enjoyed. <laughs> I was like, ah, I didn't think we'd hear that in this. Um, he... Were
1: you disappointed that my wedding didn't have that?
0: Yeah, where was the where was the Industrial Revolution history lesson in the middle of your <laughs> wedding, Paddy? I was really angry about that. I nearly yeah. stormed out and was just like, this is a farce. This is a farce. I feel um, like I owe you an apology. <laughs> and and I like that he he made reference to Martin Luther King as well. Um, which was which was great to see, and and there was the added bonus of it clearly sort of mildly infuriating some of the older white people in the audience. Some of some of the some of the more traditional royals, I don't think, were that impressed by it, um, which made it all the better. So,
1: do you mean the ninety-six-year-old literal walking skeleton, Prince Philip? <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, the funny thing is, watching his. It, impression of it I don't think he was that fussed I think he quite enjoyed it um but there were some other people that they cut to who were clearly very unimpressed
1: I just I don't want to be mean about Prince Philip because he is a 96 year old man but he looked like he had just risen up out of a grave (laughs) (laughs) I mean I it's I doubt that I'm going to live to be 96 so if I do yeah I hope I look as good as that when I'm 96 but still he looked bloody awful like really scary
0: he didn't. He didn't look good, which is a bit worrying. Um, he looked like but... the
1: horned king from Disney's The Black Cauldron.
0: <laughs> oh dear. Um, but but overall, I, I, yeah, I enjoyed the royal wedding. I thought it was nice. Uh, it was refreshing, um, and it it really infuriated the gammon, which which mm-hmm. was really good to see. So so congrats everybody
1: involved. It infuriated them but they love it at the same time so they're experiencing for the first time what it's like to maybe actually be conflicted in thought and to realize that actually some things are more complicated than a yes or no question
0: (laughs) well a lot of them still don't see it that way and think that she's uh, people seem to think that she's some kind of mancurian candidate sent to undermine the (laughs) royal family i thought
1: you were going to say mancunian candidate then (laughs) 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 that would be an excellent film
0: i was about to drop a um a a uh a a foot sport reference to you there paddy but i felt better of it because i know that this is not my audience
1: was it one that one that i would have would i have got it i might not oh did you you watch the cup final yesterday no i did not i know that chelsea what beats the manchester united by one goal so well done to chelsea
0: yes um, in a spectacularly dull match as well. Uh, oh no! It was it was it was very very boring. But the, Manchester United did not win, which which made lots of people happy. Um, yeah,
1: I suppose that's good because they're they they're like the Red Sox. It'd be like if the Red Sox lost.
0: Well, they're they're more like the Yankees. Definitely.
1: Yeah, um, actually, yeah, that's true. In terms Red of bike, more the... like Arsenal.
0: Um, in terms of like a very sort of um, popular, successful team, um, but that also people don't like very much. Kind of like the New England Patriots and the in the yeah. American football
1: side of that. That also has global brand recognition.
0: Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and so, p uh, people people sort of there's this general dislike of Manchester United, but particularly at the moment because their manager is is Jose Mourinho, the, yeah. the the grumpiest, most whingy person in all of sport.
1: His coat's um, from Matalan. And
0: his coat is from Matalan. Um, uh, quite a lot of different fan groups have a nickname for him as Shitcoat, which I think is <laughs> always <laughs> always makes me chuckle when I see someone from another club uh, calling him that. Um, no, I
1: know who he is. Honestly, I'm more, I'm more interested in football managers than any other aspect of the game, especially I've recently really started to like Jurgen Klopp. Because oh, he, Klopp. He looks great. He's really stylish. I've just ordered myself a pair of Klopp-style glasses, which should be arriving tomorrow. Very happy about that. But he's he's anti-Brexit. He's outspoken. He seems like a really good manager and that he gets the best out of his team. He's, he just seems like a really cool guy. Yeah, and Mourinho I, just cracks me up.
0: I, I, love, I love Klopp because he's so over the top and so energetic about everything and so passionate about everything. And I think that's really needed in the game. Um, and... Yeah, he's he's brilliant. But yeah, I've I've I dislike Jose Mourinho. And 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 like quite a lot of people don't like Manchester United. I don't I don't really like them, but I have a lot of respect for them. And for Alex Ferguson when he was manager, he was a one of the best uh football managers of all time. Um but I think Mourinho goes around things a lot more cynically. Um I've never seen a Mourinho side play interesting football. He basically kills the enjoyment of the game when he plays. <laughs> When when he when he manages when he manages a the team, they always play in a very dour way, which I don't like. Um and so I'm hoping that he will leave Manchester United at some point so that they get someone more energetic in. Like Ferguson. he'll just
1: fold into his coat. His coat will just fold <laughs> on top of him, he'll roll into a ball, and then he'll just roll out of the stadium and into the sunset. That, <laughs> that's what's gonna happen.
0: That would be incredible. I'd love to see that. Um
1: Yeah. But yeah. yeah, so this is a this is a nice weekend. The royal wedding, I think, was a nice distraction, and then following on from that, watching Lars and the Real Girl was quite a nice, yeah, quite a nice distraction and diversion too. But I realised that um, I actually hadn't seen it before. I mixed it up in my head with basically all of the other films that Ryan Gosling did around the same time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you you were going into this movie thinking, wait, I thought he was going to be a high school teacher,
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> drug yes, problem, exactly that kind of thing. Which is also, yeah, I like that film a lot too But, yeah So, yeah, I enjoyed it It was a pleasant a pleasant distraction And a very, very interesting film That I feel like definitely didn't get the, the recognition that it deserved It seemed like, it, from what I could tell That it was critically acclaimed But didn't do that well at the box office And it's not hard to see why Because I think I, along with a lot of other people Thought it was going to be some kind of perverted sex film Because that's what you think when... the the concept is explained and i can't think how else you could market it really right
0: yeah you could imagine adam sandler's lars and the real girl um and and it would be let's not drag
1: adam sandler into this
0: (laughs) where where um where it's about adam sandler and he gets a real girl and rob schneider is instead of paul schneider (laughs) <laughs>
1: um they're not related are they? They're
0: not related no at least I hope not. Um, but Paul
1: Schneider is kind of like the acceptable nice good version of Rob Schneider isn't he? He always plays those kind of buddy roles.
0: Yeah, yeah. He, I really love um I really love Paul Schneider. Um he's recently been in um a show called Channel Zero, which I don't know if you've heard of at all.
1: I have not even heard of that.
0: It's this horror anthology series um, released by Sci-Fi, and it's one of the most interesting and creepy shows around. And they basically kind of take uh, creepy pastas Have you heard of creepy pastas before? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so these basically online horror stories—the internet equivalent of telling scary stories around a campfire. Um, and they take sort of like the core concept of one of these uh, internet horror stories and then they, they build a, a mini-series out of it. And they've done three series so far. Um, the first one about, uh, was about a, a TV show called Candle Cove, a kids' TV show called Candle Cove, which, which doesn't exist, but formed this incredible creepypasta. Um, and, and he was the lead in that. And it was a, a, a fascinating show. Um and each of the three series of of uh Channel Zero so far has been phenomenal. Um I really highly recommend watching it. Anyone anyone who likes horror, really check it out. Um it it has a very different tone to any other horror T V show as well. It's, it's it's very subtle and it's very atmosphere heavy, um, which is very different from a lot of other other horror shows. That sounds really good. Yes, no, it's fantastic
1: um uh, yeah, everything gem. i've seen him in i have thought he was really good he was um the brother in a we go the sad brother whose wife left him that's very he's very good in that and he's in the first series of parks and recreation and then left the cast which was a real shame because i felt like all of the other characters grew so much over the however many seasons that there were that if we would allowed his character that space to develop it could have become really interesting but i think he had something else on yeah
0: and he was in elizabeth town as the drummer
1: oh yeah um Free bird. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best um, bit when the bird catches fire and falls. Yes, I, I love that. So um, I <laughs> if you haven't listened to episode, it was about what episode twenty we did, Elizabeth Town.
0: Yeah, something like that, wasn't it? Um, and yeah, so so he's he's great. I re- I really like Paul Schneider, and and he 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 turns up a really good performance again this time. But but this is another film where where the whole cast is great. Um, they they all. Nobody lets the
1: side down, with the possible exception of the woman who played Bianca. I mean, just, just <laughs> so wouldn't.
0: Yeah, not a lot of expression in that performance, was there, Paddy?
1: <laughs> no, she was, was playing it pretty pretty straight.
0: <laughs> oh, dear. Um, but yeah, so, so, so Lars and the Real Girl, for anyone who hasn't watched it, um, this awkward guy, um who's had quite a tragic life um doesn't he he has problems of intimacy and one day um he he orders a a real doll um so like a lifelike doll that's supposed to be made for sex but instead he treats anatomically it anatomically
1: correct at,
0: yes um but instead he treats it as um as a romantic engagement effectively um telling people that he's met this person via the internet um uh who uh it's it's a danish and brazilian descent isn't it Bianca? yeah uh who's a who's a missionary um but who's also uh is also physically disabled which is why she can't move of her own accord and so that's She's why in a wheelchair he, yes and that's why he has to take care of her um and uh, and yeah, so it, it, it's it's this incredibly sweet movie made out of a um, an idea that could have been much seedier in the way that it was set up.
1: It could have been seedy. It could have been cheap. It could have been stupid. Like he said, I think we're conditioned, perhaps by the Adam Sandlerism of a lot of a lot of comedy and romantic films, to go into it thinking that. Whatever the central premise is they're going to try and pull cheap humor out of it, and with this kind of film, it so easily could have gone down that kind of route and just been laughing at him and his delusions and making cheap comedy out of the the real doll and making it you know sexual and dirty and stupid and it doesn't do that at all it instead what it does is it's a really really interesting look at intimacy, community trauma. Mental health, the delusions, all of these things packaged up in a sort of quite sweet and redemptive story really so I think it it's, it did very very well not to ever cross that line yeah it it
0: it really it really did it it's a fascinating film um in the and there's two ways that it could have gone badly uh they that it could be that it um that it goes down the adam sandler route um
1: where where, the the michael bay route the the michael bay route
0: where where the real doll
1: as our resident adam sandler apologist i don't i don't want to to tar him with the michael bay (laughs) brush
0: (laughs) although i think michael bay if michael bay was going to go down this route he'd treat it kind of like pinocchio where she came to life and it yeah. would it would almost be like a weird science type thing, which is a movie that I, I don't like very much, but has this kind of place <laughs> in in um, in pop culture, doesn't it? Weird science. Yeah. That's um, the,
1: John, one of John Hughes's lesser efforts. Yeah. And right. the people
0: still kind of love it, but I'm not really sure why, apart from for purely nostalgia reasons. Um, and, um, and 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 yes, yeah, so you could imagine that at the end of Michael Bay's Lars and the Real Girl, um, she comes to life something explodes they drive off into the sunset together to live happy ever after
1: <laughs> um and, 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 and the and, scene, the scene where he's like holding her walking into the lake that would go on for 15 minutes of him just going no <laughs> <laughs>
0: exactly and and yeah so it. so in that version it would be like that in the adam sandler version it would be full of sex jokes and fart noises um yeah there'd be at least a fart noise every 10
1: seconds which you'd i think walk is in, walking into the kitchen and rob schneider would be naked yeah For no reason. yeah
0: and he'd be putting on some kind of offensive accent um,
1: <laughs> yeah as
0: is his wand um and uh and, but yeah so there's that way that it could go but then there could also be like the um the overly dramatic sad version of this which had yeah. had the humor entirely taken out of it um but there's a lot of humor left in lars and the real girl they really treat it they're very careful with the way that they treat this film um but it is actually very very funny um even though there's there's all of this sad subtext to it they really inject a load of humor into it so it works so well
1: yeah i wouldn't say that i lolled at any point but there are a couple of things that made me chuckle but mostly it just felt lighthearted and again as you said they're dealing with seriously large stuff like the trauma of losing both parents at different times you know the way that people process intimacy that kind of thing and you know Paul Schneider dealing with his brother's delusions and mental health and that kind of thing these are all really really serious things that I think a lot of films would have been very po-faced about and obviously to try and not do those in a serious way obviously can go wrong can go very very wrong and I'm trying to think of other films that perhaps get it wrong and none are springing to mind but but at the same time they must be out there because both of us have kind of approached it with the same thing as saying you could see how easily it could have gone wrong, but it, it really, really walks the line very well, sort of washes over you in a nice way and makes you just think, oh, yeah, that's nice. That's nice for him. You know, and we understand that it's about how people process delusions and intimacy and all these kind of things. But ultimately, because the community of the film and the small town all comes together, it's, it ends up being almost like a feel-good film, doesn't it? Even though it ends with a funeral, which is, which is no mean feat.
0: Yeah and, and you're completely right that it feels like it, it, it is a feel good film and it is about sort of a town coming together to support one of its more vulnerable residents um, and, and that's the other the way that it sort of goes in an unexpected direction because the first time you watch this you think that like there's going to be a real sort of ostracism of him because of what's going on um, but instead they kind of all band together around him um, in a way that's really, it's really interesting to watch. And they kind of accept Bianca into their society and into their community as a <laughs> as a real person, which, yeah, is, like which there, is really interesting.
1: There's no question of it, really. Like, There's a bit of kind of a few people who are a bit weird about it, but nobody at any point kind of really insults him or it doesn't need to go to the tension of Like, again, once it's happened, you think that the whole tension of the film is going to be about people denying that she's real and that it's going to be about that. But it's not even about it doesn't go down that route either, which I thought was really good, too. The the tension comes from his own inner struggles and from just how the community deal with that. And, yeah, they all they all accept her her and they're like taking her to meetings and doing her hair and stuff. And it's really it's really heartwarming, actually.
0: It is. It's it's really um uh, and and those are kind of my favorite scenes in the film i suppose are those moments where um she's treated as someone within this society um and 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 yeah it's just really fascinating watching you kind of wonder would would that happen in real life if there was a member of the community who was really you know not not necessarily well respected, but well regarded by everybody, and they came from a family of people who were well regarded um, would that would that kind of quirk be thought of in that way um, yeah,
1: and I don't think it would, and I also don't think you could set this film in a city either because so much of it is about that kind of small town community. everybody knows everyone knows everyone, and there was a part of me that thought that this film was actually almost more of a treatise on the importance of small town community than anything else because it just made you think wow everyone's been so kind to them and there's a scene where emily who is paul schneider's wife so his his sister-in-law is kind of he's uh, lars is upset um because bianca has gone out and (laughs) without him because he's been taken out to some meeting and they've said that like he can't be like controlling her and keeping her around um just for for him and um she's yelling at him and she's saying we're all doing this for her because we care about you and it's like, and that kind of thing, that kind of unquestioning community caring about someone is, yeah, I think is actually quite rare in real life.
0: Yeah, and, and I and I agree, but I, I definitely agree that it, this would not happen in a city. If this kind of thing happened in a city, the extent of it would be that some someone would just take a video of it and put it on Twitter and it would go viral. And then you get yep. a BuzzFeed article about it and they wouldn't really go deep into it very much. And then people would lol and put a little... No a little laughing face emoji and then that would be it and it would become like just a footnote of meme culture and th- and that's all it would be no one would look into it in depth in real life apart from the people who are actually close to that individual if they knew about it
1: um which maybe they even wouldn't because city no. life is just so different yes
0: yeah exactly um and so yeah it's, it's, it's interesting to see but it, at the same time even though you kind of have that those thoughts that mm, would this really happen in real life, you'd still kind of think there is the possibility that this would happen. And, and if a community was together enough um, and they, they recognised that something difficult was going on in this person's life, you feel like they probably would try and support however they could. Um, yeah. And so it's, it's yeah, it's, it's an interesting one.
1: It is, definitely. You know, and at yeah, no point does it feel far-fetched at all even though he is a man who's in love with the doll, which is quite strange. It, it all feels completely natural. And especially because you have the presence of, it manages the presence of the other characters very well, especially Patricia Clarkson as the therapist, who only appears in a handful of scenes, but you feel like she really knows what she's doing. And of course she does at the end when um, she says, you know, actually it's Lars who has come up with all of this inside his mind. He was the one who decided that, um, that Bianca was ill. He's the one in who has said that she's dying it's not none of the doctors or anyone else has said that so she's just kind of carefully managed it within that and the community and you think oh she's she's been the kind of genius behind all of it and her performance is great again very very straight and very quiet and understated and just generally very good
0: yeah and i mean you know how i feel about patricia clarkson i think she's phenomenal i don't think i've ever watched anything with her in her in that i haven't enjoyed or at least enjoyed underrated yes incredibly underrated um and yeah isn't she in boyhood oh is she in boyhood
1: did you know that it took 12 years to make i
0: did not know that's incredible it took 12 12 years to make
1: 12 years
0: to make a movie wow that is that is amazing (laughs) um how many oscars did it win did it win lots of oscars i bet it deserved lots of oscars
1: it got it got all of them the full set
0: (laughs) oh dear um but yeah it's um yeah, she she's uh, she's great in this, um, and and it's a it's a it's a great movie. Is she in Boyhood though?
1: Is it her or is it someone else? I'm gonna have to look it up. Let's
0: have a little look. I didn't think it was her. Uh, oh, it's Patricia Arquette, not Patricia oh, Clarkson.
1: Yeah. My bad. So yeah, Patricia Clarkson, unbroken record.
0: Yes, not in Boyhood. Not in a not movie in that took twelve years to make.
1: <laughs> yeah unfortunately so she didn't get to win the oscar for that one but
0: no no um but yeah but yeah it's and and the whole cast whole cast works really well i i did toy with the idea about whether to actually include this in big boys don't cry in general because it's it's an interesting one in terms of romance because you've got a you've got a romance between a man and an inanimate object but then also the 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 blossoming romance between him and someone else as this is going on yeah and um, i was
1: super rooting for that uh, that yes, was, to me yeah. was the most important thing it really really got me because i think um margot her it was her character who just really really like just did it for me i thought her performance was really really fantastic as this kind of she's sort of coming out of her shell and they work together and everything yeah she nailed it
0: yeah, yeah. And and those kind of scenes in the office environment were really clever as well, the way that they they treated them. Um it it felt very genuine. Um in in a way that sort of like small town friendships in work do operate and those kind of quirks that happen in in small towns. Um if you know what I mean, where you've 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 got to put up with the weird guy. Um, yep. and you've got to sort of make the most of it um, the guy who it,
1: shares your cubicle who actually does look like Mackenzie Crook <laughs> from the original office.
0: <laughs> yes exactly and I, and 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 it's it kind of has parallels with um uh what's it called uh, uh with the American office with Dwight Schrute um that same kind of thing where you sometimes do have these very bold personalities um and you kind of just embrace it when you're there because like if you make a you know, it, it might not necessarily be people that you would hang out with or or sort of like communicate with necessarily outside of your work environment, but it's important to have those kind of relationships with people.
1: No, but that's life—you're sort of thrown together with people, aren't you? And the um, what's really a really really good scene I thought was when um Lars and Margot sort of go on a date. Like he um he's still with Bianca at this point, but she goes out to her like school board meeting, and he's like oh, I'm free. And then she sort of like half asks him out and he agrees to it. And you're like, at that point, you, yeah, you're definitely like super rooting for them. And they go bowling and they're sort of going fine. But then a few of the other people that they work with show up and then they're all like actually having a really, really good time. And I, you, you, there's the worry that they're going to take the piss out of him, but they all end up having this really, really great fun time. And you're just like, oh yeah, that's nice. They've got that sort of aspect of community as well, where they're all just having a laugh in the bowling alley. And yes. that was that was quite nice as well.
0: Yeah, that's one of my favorite scenes in the film as well. Is that, is that little bowling alley scene? Um, it's really, really nice to see. And, and and again, it just feels like what what I take away from this film is 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 that kind of support, and it leaves you feeling so nice and warm inside. Is is that that support network that someone has in place outside of um, you know, a regulated support network. There is this community that takes care of one another, and it's the kind of thing that you wish happened more in real life, um effectively. And 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 it's really nice. It's 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 a really nice thing to witness, even if it is only in a movie.
1: Yeah, definitely. And obviously, in real life, a lot of people take that sense of community from faith and religion as well. And that was in this film, but it wasn't a it wasn't done too much either. But there are a few scenes in the church, and the church is obviously important to the small town as well you know they got the singing in the choir and it, it's kind of implied that that is a good thing for the local community but it's never really brought in so much that you think that it's actually like a theme it didn't really need to be there but it is a part of the community so that was kind of dropped in there as well as a thing to make you think about as well that so many people experience that through faith but it's a different kind of community that brings the town together around lars to help him
0: yeah and 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 it's it's one of the most important roles that faith plays in 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 western culture is the way that churches of people um are able to build that community standing together um it's one of if not the most important thing and you think about all the good work that 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 churches do and that, that that side of community does and and you're right that there is that that slight element here but it goes above and beyond that whereas although that's sort of like a place for them to congregate and and a place to have that routine um meeting of everyone together um, what they do goes beyond simply being at church together, and beyond beyond the expectations of um, what a church would do in that situation. So, it, so it feels it feels very nice, and it's like they've really stepped beyond what was expected of them, effectively.
1: Yeah, definitely. So all that stuff kind of feels good and it's well it's well shot as well. It feels I think they shot it in a bunch of different towns um across Ontario and Canada, but it's um it all looks good. It's all a very believable kind of small town. And you never really find out what anyone does for work or what the the, the office that he works in. You don't know what their company does, but it doesn't really matter, does it? You know that they have to dress smart. It's probably insurance.
0: Um yeah, it's um yeah, it's it's generic office work, isn't it? It doesn't it doesn't matter. It's it's the kind of thing where anyone who works in an office can look at that and go like oh yeah, it's office work. It's fine. Um and and yeah, so it's 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 cool. It's it's a cool movie. And and uh, we it's it's one of those films where um it's a shame that it didn't do better commercially, I think, because there's a real like pulling power to it um that it's and, and it's developed a cult following and at the time obviously critics liked it and people in like the independent scene and sort of like the mumble scene enjoy it it's one of those standout movies of that kind of environment um but it didn't get the recognition that i think it deserved although it did get an oscar nomination
1: okay um that's for good. Its,
0: its screenplay got an oscar nomination but um
1: I have this theory that any film that has a person's name in the title is never going to do as well as it should. And if you try and think of any film that has a name in the title, I bet you that that kind of plays out.
0: Hmm. Let's think about this.
1: So there's... I haven't seen a lot of these films. Let me think of Dan in Real Life, which is a Steve Carell film. Yeah, it's a
0: very good film, that.
1: I Love You, Philip Morris, again. That if it's got the the first name and the surname, that's like, whoo, that's that's just a recipe for disaster, because it's like you're supposed to know who the person is, but you don't.
0: Um, but also, I think a lot of this comes down to the kind Jerry of Jerry Maguire, the kind <laughs> that, <laughs> that that was lesser a complete heard, flop, that lesser heard movie, Jerry <laughs> Maguire. I, th- I think it comes down to the kind of movies these days that use those kind of titles um so i think it is a lot of those kind of independent movies that go for that kind of that kind of title where they tie an individual character to one of the themes of the movie or or like have an elongated kind of title like that so it's not like um so even biopics these days biopics previously used to be um hugely popular so like you look at films like Gandhi, for instance, uses his name and that was hugely successful. But nowadays you get yeah. they're called things like the King's Speech or The Darkest Hour, that kind no. of stuff. Yeah. Or the Iron Is it was it called the Iron Lady, the Thatcher movie?
1: The Iron Lady, yeah.
0: yes. Um and so they've kind of moved away from just naming the movie after the person in general.
1: Yeah, if they have made Gandhi now it would be called like Gandhi and the hunger strike big <laughs> moment. <laughs>
0: um and 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 yeah um so so i and and i think like yeah so i think it more comes down to the kind of movies that choose those kind of names and and the the director of um lars and the real girl has directed another movie with the character name in it which i think has done very well so i tonya came out this oh right um i didn't hadn't made the connection i've heard very good things about that and i think that has done very well yeah um so yeah i i i'm afraid i'm not i don't necessarily agree with your theory
1: i think if if you put i before it that's like a get out because it sounds sounds dramatic and important (laughs) doesn't it um but again i think people do still people know who tonya harding was and she's the only person ever to be famous called tonya so that's that i think is has a bit more recognition than if it's just like a name
0: Yes, but again, that comes down to the what kind of movies choose that kind of naming structure. It's indie movies that don't get a wide release and that no one really wants to see in the cinema.
1: And it's also been discussed recently in light of the film Lean on Pete, which I went to see on Thursday. It's very, very good. Um, And there was it's based on a novel of of the same title Um, and it's the The name comes from the name of a racehorse in the film who is called Lean on Pete and the character, 15 year old Charlie, who works for the horse trainer and then has this kind of cross country journey to try and find his family. And it's really, really, it's an amazing film. I highly recommend it and the book as well, which would be in my top five novels. But apparently, yeah, the title didn't do well with kind of consumer insights, screen testing or whatever, because it just sounds a bit strange, doesn't it? Lean on Pete. But they couldn't think of anything to change it to. So they kept it.
0: Oh, yeah, if that's the name of the book. If you change the name of the book, it means that then you, you get away from the people who read the book who might go and see it.
1: Yeah, for sure. No one would ever make the connection if you changed the name. Yes. <laughs> I'd have been like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, so so yeah, I don't necessarily... And, and and another one recently as well that seems to be doing well or, or that's got a lot of... Um, Support around it is Tully, the Charlie Steron movie.
1: Oh, yeah, I've heard good things um, about that which, too, which apparently is
0: fantastic. Um, and I, don't think, no, it's, I, it's I too... think
1: my theory only applies to films where it's about a fictional character, if a completely fictional character, if it's a, a film about an existing person that uses their name in the title, that's fine. If it's a film about a fictional character with the name in the title, I, I feel like it's it's never going to get the recognition it deserves. But the only way to settle this is to make some kind of huge database of these kind of films, which I'm obviously going to do this week when I'm bored at work.
0: Yeah, you need the database and then it needs to correlate to um, it it needs to it needs to um, include all of the data surrounding what genre of movie and expected budget and expected yep. uh, revenue and that kind of
1: thing. Um, Wait, I've got another one. Solo, a Star Wars story. <laughs> <laughs> It's gonna flop. I'm telling you now. No one's gonna watch it. Well,
0: I don't think that the movie's necessarily gonna do as well as the previous Star Wars films because there's been a lot of chaos surrounding it.
1: Yeah, um, but but I saw the trailer on Thursday and I think it looks quite like quite a lot of fun. It looks it looks I'm, a
0: lot of fun. I'm I want to go see it. I'm excited. I, about I, will, it.
1: I will be seeing it.
0: Um, and yeah, you know, like Spider Man, <laughs> yeah. Deadpool.
1: Yeah, all of those, all of those guys, rubbish. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, uh, I'm trying to think of other ones now. Um...
1: I think Lars is a funny name as well, as we discussed last week. There's, there's not much, not many good Larses, are there? No, there isn't. La- Lars Von Trier is obviously the worst. Deserves to get bitten by a goose, as you said in last <laughs> week's episode. <laughs> um, Lars Ulrich, the insane drummer from Metallica.
0: Yes. Uh <laughs> Lars Oh yeah, he's good. He's good. But yeah, it's it's a, it's a again, it's like a it's like a little niche indie name, isn't it? A quirky yeah. name.
1: Not that I can think of a better name for it. So, you know, what do I know?
0: No. Um um uh, yeah, uh, I I uh, the, the new title could be Promise I Didn't Have Sex With This Real Doll. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you could just call it Dolls, but no sex. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, that, that works. That, yeah, oh, th-
1: you guys, I promise it's not a sex thing, honest.
0: That, that de- <laughs> if they called it that, it definitely would have done better with uh, in the theatres. Definitely yeah. would have.
1: Well, on um, that point, there is a scene between um, Ryan Gosling and Paul Schneider where it, they just have kind of the very briefest chat about sex and it's like skirting around it and he's like oh when did you feel like you became a man was it to do with sex um and he was like yeah maybe and then it just kind of trails off and you're like is it about to descend into a sex bit with ryan gosling and the doll and i don't feel i was i didn't think the film was about to show it but i thought it might have been just a little bit to explore his intimacy but it didn't go there and again i i appreciated that because it wasn't necessary was it you can still it still explored intimacy in a very very interesting way without ever really having to make it sexual which is an achievement
0: yeah yeah and i i think they if they had introduced that kind of sexuality into it i think it would have really damaged people's responses to the film um so yeah Yeah. i think it was super important that they, they steered clear of that kind of stuff as much as possible which um which they did very well
1: yeah and there, there are moments of intimacy between Lars and Bianca where it's it's showing them as if they were like a, a, like a regular on-screen couple in any kind of romantic comedy film. Like they sort of go out on dates and they, they go for a walk in the woods and he's like singing to her. And you're like, it's quite cute, really. And then when he, their relationship starts breaking down, or like Lars, obviously, he's just completely making it up. But it's like they're having arguments and stuff and he's yelling at her. And then, and then um, the sister-in-law is like, oh, they never fight but you can hear them you can hear him like yelling at her upstairs and it's like they they play it out as if it's a real relationship but all the time you know that it isn't and again you become because it's played it's portrayed to you on screen as if it's a real relationship you then feel like you are part of the community around them yourself as well so it's very good at drawing the viewer in in that way
0: yeah they do a really um they do a really good job of um of making it you kind of become captivated in it as well, and you start seeing it more as a a real relationship, or at least you have that empathy for Lars um as as he sort of explores the degradation of this fake relationship um yeah. so so you get emotionally involved in it all as well and and they do it in a really clever way it works so well,
1: yeah, I definitely felt invested in that, but at the same time, I also felt very very invested in his um relationship with margot as well and that the tension between those two things wasn't huge because obviously you knew that like he's yeah he it's not real so at any time he could just just kind of shake it off and be like hey i'm actually going to be in a relationship with a real woman now but actually it's really it's the story of his his eventual getting together with margot even though it's not said it's implied at the end when they're just like do you want to go for a walk yeah sure so that his um his relationship with bianca and his delusions are actually an impediment to that love story but again that's not kind of overdone either
0: yeah exactly it they it it sort of it makes these tentative steps forward i suppose is the best way to think about it in that um everything moves incrementally and you you kind of reach this point where you where as the sort of tables shift it doesn't feel too jarring so as the relationship deteriorates and things like that it doesn't feel like it's too much of a shock to the system as you're watching it it all moves at a very flowing rate
1: yeah and i think that's because they spend just enough time on each character and on developing each character and seeing the character development is really good Uh, And a lot of the problem with a lot of films, I think is that they spend either too little time on a character before you're expected to massively care about some event that happens to them or too much time where then the payoff isn't as great. Like it, it it balances all the characters out very, very well.
0: Yeah. And, and again, it it almost feels like an ensemble film, although you've got that priority given to, two Lars. Um, everyone else has such an important role to play and, and and get such a good share of screen time, I suppose, between them that you get to know sort of like the inner workings of everyone's lives incredibly well. It, it, it's just, yeah, it seems to work so well in that regard.
1: Yeah, especially in a lot of those relationships, the things that aren't necessarily always portrayed well on screen like the relationship with his sister-in-law you actually get the get the impression that she really cares about him and the there's a there's a level of interesting intimacy between them as well and especially with her being pregnant as well there's kind of that element of new life and rebirth there that's then thrown in as a bit of an overtone but again not overdone
0: yeah and 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 you're completely right about um that it sort of portrays things that aren't necessarily shown in the film because film always has a very difficult Time um, portraying relationships that are going well um, in that kind of middle period. So, so obviously, a lot of a lot of movies showcase someone getting into a relationship for the first time, um, or they showcase sort of like an established relationship that's on the rocks, be it for a comedic or a dramatic effect. But they're very, they often find it very difficult to portray a functioning relationship. Um, and here they kind of showcase that um but also show the stresses that are caused by a, a bizarre external event at the same time um which is very it's very carefully done and it, and like I said it very rarely happen it's very rarely done this well in a film um so it's nice to see that as well
1: yeah definitely it's it's very very interesting on a number of levels there are real there are layers to it it's a real A real Ryan Gosling onion,
0: (laughs) a goose onion,
1: a a goose onion, a bit a bitter onion, (laughs) not a sweet Maui onion. No, no. (laughs) But um, Ryan Gosling's performance is obviously very, very good. Like, I mean, I'm I'm a big fan of his, so obviously I think maybe I'm a little bit biased, but he's very, very good. And it's it's his face as well, his little facial expressions and little things that he does, and his sort of his little smiles and his kind of his he does a lot of acting with his eyes as well. And the tash is really, it really makes his face as well. It's it's, yeah. He's, he's very, very good. in this very, very understated performance and a very, very funny performance as well. A lot of the comedy actually derives from his understated physical humor, I think.
0: Yeah, you're right. It, um, and, and it's, it's a very, this film takes a lot of care and attention, but there are these, these moments where he's able to sort of, um stretch his muscles from an acting perspective. And you're right that a lot of that comes from a physical perspective. And and there's obviously this necessity for this because if you're acting versus a doll, um you can't have that intensity of performance purely from an emotional angle. You need that physical as well. Um, and and yeah, it works so well. And there's all these very neat little scenes like where he's reading uh Don Quixote to her and stuff like that. Um and and it's 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 yeah it's a really um, it's a really great performance. I think it's one of Ryan Gosling's best performances.
1: Yeah, um, for sure. It's definitely definitely up there. It's no La La Land, obviously. <laughs>
0: he never turns around to the real doll Bianca and says, "You're a baby," which I think is a
1: missed <laughs> opportunity. Yeah, that's true. It's pre it's pre baby.
0: um and and yeah so it's it's a great it's a great performance i think yeah he he gets a lot of credit for performances in more popular films such as um the notebook and things like that but i think this is a superior gosling performance
1: yes it's vastly superior to the notebook but it's dealing with much better material and you know obviously his performance in the notebook is one of the few things that sort of makes it just about watchable but yeah, he's, he's great. And again, it, it shows a versatility to his performance that I think a, a lot of actors don't have. You know, he could do this, but he can also do Drive. He can also do The Nice Guys. He can also do La La Land. Like he's, yeah, it's, it's quite a varied CV that he's got. And you get the feeling that he he has a sharp mind because he takes on things that are interesting to him as well. You don't feel like he's just doing any old shit. But at the same time, he's not a snob either because he's done a few like a few relatively silly action films and that's fine too.
0: Would you say that this is the movie that turned Ryan Gosling into Ryan Goose?
1: (laughs) Yeah, this is the Goose Onion catharsis movie. (laughs) (laughs) How many episodes have have we done? You've been waiting to make that joke since day one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, literally. Did you you choose this film just so you could make that joke?
0: (laughs) Exactly. That's exactly why I chose it. Lars Um, and the real Goose. Lars and the real Goose. Um, but yeah, no, I'm um, I'm a big fan. Man of...
1: who falls in love with a goose doll. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm I'm a big fan of um, of of Ryan Gosling in general. Um, like e- even the more recent, larger budget things, like Blade Runner 2049. I think is a phenomenal film, and I think his performance in not that is it. really good. Oh, dude, get on it, get on it, get on it, get on it. It's so good. It's 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 slow and boring. It's exactly the kind of science fiction film I love. Sounds great. Um yes. <laughs> it's really it's it's really it's beautifully shot. It's it's one of my favorite movies of last year by far. Um and yeah, Ryan Gosling's great in it as well.
1: Yeah. He's very very good. I like him a lot.
0: I like him a lot as well.
1: Let's see. What else do I have to say about this? Um I thought the the kind of the gradual reveal of why he struggles with intimacy is good as well because it's only actually about 15 20 minutes in that you find out about the kind of the um dad the parents being dead and that his mother died when he was born and stuff and you're like wow actually that's kind of massive but it almost it downplays it in favor of actually dealing with the the here and now of the trauma rather than just being like huge trauma blah 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 like it's it's like it's yeah the way it downplays it actually makes it very impactful i think because that's another thing that it's exploring is how people respond to trauma but no one's coming out of it going oh this film like affected me in a huge way like it was really weepy it was understated but still managed to explore that in an interesting way
0: yeah it it, and 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 that's one of the real the real positives this film is the way that it can remain understated like that even though it's a very strange subject matter and a real sort of like outlandish subject matter um it it has this grounding, which I really appreciate, and yeah i think it's it's great really it's it's a really good film in that regard it it captures that kind of element of life in a way that very few films can
1: yeah it's good i just i wanted to mention just one other scene when um the scene where it really turned a corner in terms of his development of being able to deal with intimacy and become a human a bit more so. Is when um it's getting on for the end of the film when his Mackenzie Crook cubicle mate is having a feud with Margot in the office and he has hung her teddy bear on a noose and she's very upset and she comes back and goes, Take it off, take it off the noose and he's like, Nah, I won't So then she's off and she's like crying in the break room and Ryan Gosling decides that this is the point. Actually he's realised that he empathizes with her and then goes and sits with her and he, like, he takes the noose off the teddy bear and then he starts, like, just quietly, while she's talking, he's just quietly performing CPR on it silently. And it does, that really, really made me chuckle, but that also really illustrated his desi- by, at the same time, his um, his delusions in terms of attaching um, life to inanimate objects, whilst also trying to help her as a real person as well. And that, that scene just, like, really, really brilliantly turned that corner. But it really made me chuckle when he was performing CPR on the little bear
0: yeah that was really funny that that scene was actually improvised as well Um, oh really that little cpr scene which i think is really is a really clever little moment and and you're right that it it works so well because it does capture those two sides of his character um in such a brilliant way
1: that's cool were there any other improvised scenes Uh, have you got any other trivia i think it's trivia time
0: oh yes it is trivia time Um, so the scene where Lars and Bianca are about to enter the party was also entirely improvised by Ryan Gosling. Um, yes. Uh, in terms of other trivia, uh, to help Ryan Gosling stay in character, the real doll was treated like an actual person as is done by characters in the movie. She was dressed privately in her own trailer and was only present for the scenes that she was in.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's cool. That makes sense.
0: Um, that's, uh, yeah, that that that's awesome. Um, in terms of other trivia, uh, to elim- eliminate the possibility of any accusation about having sex with the doll, Bianca was custom ordered without any genitalia. Um, and the movie was shot in thirty-one days. Wow, and that's it, which is really impressive.
1: That's that's um, not very long, really.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's no time at all. Um,
1: and I believe the budget was twelve million, which is relatively low for any film, really. Yeah, that's so not a
0: lot of money. Um, twice
1: as much as The Room, obviously. But...
0: <laughs> oh dear, and that, nowhere near, near as good.
1: <laughs> no, obviously, twice as much money for half the masterpiece.
0: <laughs> oh dear, and um, but yeah, so that 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 that'll do for trivia, I think. But yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's a really clever little film i really like it a lot and i'm pleased that you enjoyed it as well paddy
1: yeah yeah it's it's very very intelligent very good and deserves a lot more recognition than it got very good how how shall we rate it mm, that's
0: a tricky one um how many funerals for sex dolls out of 20 <laughs> Oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> Goose meat's not bitter. Goose meat is lovely. Swan meat is bitter apparently. Um yeah, uh, I had to peel back 15 layers to to reach. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a great movie. It, it, I I sort of take marks away because it's not the kind of film that I feel like you can watch any time but it's it's a fantastic film it's really interesting great performances um and so it's a feel good movie in spite of everything it's a feel good film
1: yeah it sort of it washes over you with its, with the good feels doesn't it it's not overly stated it doesn't make it doesn't get you get your heart pumping it doesn't make you want to jump out of your seat and pump your fist but yeah it washes over you nicely and makes you feel nice at the end it works its way very very carefully towards a good catharsis
0: yes exactly so yeah how many how many onion layers for you then
1: my my onion has just one extra layer 16 again i feel like it's not quite getting to the top you know the top three four category just yeah as you said just because like you kind of have to be in the mood for it um but yeah it's it's very very good very very well done
0: excellent stuff um, yeah no it's, it's a great film I'm, I, I'm I'm glad I was able to watch it again it's been a while since I last saw it um, yeah so and definitely
1: a, a very very good contrast to Harry and Meghan a Royal Romance yes <laughs> yeah. which was always going to be a tough act to follow
0: it was you know it just about managed to beat it just about
1: I mean yeah marks off for nobody coming back as a lion
0: <laughs> yeah where was Bianca coming back as like ceramic lion
1: (laughs) that would have been an amazing end actually where it's like a few few years later and him and margo have got kids or whatever it's like a little coda and they're living a happy life and then there's this there's this lion just like sitting on the on the um, in the corner on a little shelf he got he goes up to it, and he's like have a good day bianca
0: (laughs) (laughs) that would be great there is there is a fantastic well not fantastic but a really interesting horror movie um called Pin which is about a um it's it's a horror movie about an anatomy doll like you know those dolls that you have in like doctors offices and in science
1: classes the creepy um, ones yes. where you can, you can pull out the lung and stuff. Yeah,
0: yeah. And it's it's a really yeah. creepy little film. I don't think, it, I think it's kind of, it's become a cult classic horror movie now. So yeah, you could have you could have like a horror movie version of Lars and the Real Girl where at the end, he's happy there with Margot. And then like it's raining outside and then there's a flash of lightning and you just see Bianca there standing under a lamplight somewhere.
1: Uh, yeah, it's just her face at the window just <laughs> blankly staring in. Yeah.
0: That would be amazing. They should have done that, really, shouldn't they?
1: I'd rather it was her than Prince Philip. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh.
1: Very good. So, are you are you ready to hear what nonsense I've got for us next?
0: I am. What nonsense do we have up next, Paddy?
1: Well, I was going to go with a sort of more classic film, but then I switched on the, the Amazon Prime yesterday and spotted that um, a film that's been, that's been sort of bothering the film charts for the last few months has now come onto streaming, uh, which is The Greatest Showman.
0: Oh, cool. Okie dokie.
1: So it's, it's interesting for a number of reasons. I've actually already watched it. We watched it last night. So I won't say anything, but I thought it was one that we should talk about because it sort of didn't do that well at first, but then the words started to get around, and it got to number one in the UK cinemas on its sixth week of release, which is like unheard of. And then they started doing sing-along versions and it got really popular because of the soundtrack and stuff, which is the thing that's becoming more more apparent these days with people trying to write original musicals and stuff. And I think, I, you know, I, I'm a sucker for musicals and I find them very interesting. And I think there's a lot of interesting stuff to discuss around it. So that's going to be our next one. I'll be very interested to see what you make of it. But I won't say anything about it for now.
0: Cool. No, looking forward to watching it.
1: Although, obviously, it can't top Hugh Jackman as Jean Valjean.
0: No, but, but you know, can it top Russell Crowe as Javert? That is the question no, because nothing will
1: ever top Russell Crowe as Javert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Greatest showman not out of 20, not enough bellowing. N- not
0: not enough. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. Um I I need to get um I need to get out of my head before I watch it because otherwise I'm just going to sit there going not enough Russell Crowe. Where's all the Russell yeah. Crowe?
1: I'm waiting, guys. Come on. Bring the crow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, dear.
1: All right. Do you have any other bits of follow-up or anything?
0: Um, I don't. I don't know if you do.
1: No, I was going to talk about Jordan Peterson, but I feel like we've talked about him enough. It's all we need to say is that he's the worst.
0: Yeah. I, I, the only thing I'll say about that, then, is that I give it five years before he started his own cult.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, he's basically there already. Yeah. I think five years is being optimistic. So like the, the way that people respond to him is very culty. Yeah, so I think l- legitimate
0: strange. cult within five years.
1: Yeah, that sounds good.
0: <laughs> that uh, sounds actually, great.
1: I, I I do have his book here, though. And I, um, I went to the back and looked at... There's an index. So I looked up dogs. And I've gone to the first reference to dogs. And I'm just going to do a quick live reading. Even dogs must be socialised if they are to become acceptable members of the pack. And children are much more complex than dogs. You heard it here first, (laughs) boys.
0: Children are much more complex than dogs. Children are much more
1: complex than dogs. Oh, my God. he's (laughs) Mind blown.
0: He's the intellectual of our generation, Paddy. What a voice. The
1: the hero that we deserve. (laughs) Yeah. Just, yeah, regular feature... Jordan Peterson is still very, very bad.
0: <laughs> Can we do a little live reading? Just, just a little snippet like that every week.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'll find. Well, yeah. You choose something from the index, and I'll find a, I'll find a thing. I'll Excellent. Go to the page. Oh, there's as an entry on vengeance. Oh, vengeance. Willful blindness has about ten sub sub entries. God. Revenge. See vengeance. <laughs>
0: that's that's the name of um the next Nicolas cage movie isn't it
1: (laughs) c vengeance (laughs) that's like that's someone's name like the letter c and then vengeance yes exactly his name's like christopher vengeance and he's a cop he's a bad cop
0: although apparently Nicolas cage is going to be in a good film
1: Um, that's never happened
0: (laughs) well it happens it hasn't happened in about 15 years has it um (laughs) But um yeah, apparently uh this film called Mandy. Um Mandy. Yes. I haven't heard of it. So it's supposed to basically be like a um a, a sort of exploitation flick like in the seventies and eighties, so super violent, silly, pretty looking horror action film. Um and apparently it's um it's it's very good in terms of pre-release it's been getting quite a lot of good support it's from the guy who directed Beyond the Black Rainbow which is like a wonderful pastiche to um to um Stanley Kubrick filmed in a very similar manner and and has a similar kind of dystopian 80s science fiction vibe to it um and so yeah apparently it's people who've seen it so far say it's very very good
1: wow okay that sounds sounds all right
0: yeah, so yeah, we may well have a good Nicolas Cage movie to talk about at some point soon.
1: The first one since Captain Corelli's Mandolin.
0: Yeah, I mean nothing's gonna top that. Um <laughs> It is the greatest film ever made, so yeah. Gonna yep. have difficulty the, topping that one.
1: The peak of cinema.
0: <laughs> oh dear.
1: Oh, good times. Okay, well, I think we can I think we can leave it there. But if you um if you like what we do, as always, drop us an email, bigboysdontcrypodcast at gmail.com. Tweet us at bigboysdontpod. Always love to hear from you. What did you make of Lars and the real girl? Have you ever had a relationship with an inanimate object? You know, how did it go for you? How many layers does your goose onion have? You know, this, These are important <laughs> questions and we want your input. <laughs> and if, if you like what we do, please leave us a rating or a review on whatever podcast platform you use. Always helps. Helps us to keep doing this. And keep bringing you this quality content.
0: Yes, yeah. If you if you have any an animal object love stories, please let us know. Um, yeah,
1: it could become like a regular column. Yes,
0: yeah. I fell in love with my toaster. That kind of thing.
1: It was a brave little toaster.
0: <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, uh, goodbye, everybody.
1: All righty. We'll be back next week to talk about the greatest showman. All right, Bye. Right, bye.